from last week's predictions don't know if you know but I uh, predicted predicted them correctly uh, missed it Matt came through um, so what I would like you Mule and the rest of the guys is to now refer to me as Lewis Money Mason so DAZN the home of boxing hashtag game changed as they're telling us now did you watch the card? It's very strange hearing you say hashtag. <laughs> it's like you're reading from a, a Latin book. Yeah. It's a popular phrase, Sam. You, know, you can use it. It's fine. <laughs> I am very white, though. It just doesn't sound cool, does it? But no, did you watch the, uh, watch the card? I did, yeah. Um, fantastic fight. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you mean the uh, the Kanzu fight, then. I did. I just wanted to hear you butcher another name. Um, yeah, great fight. I think I don't think anybody was expecting uh, Wood to come in and no. perform the way he did. No, no disrespect whatsoever. Um, we know we, we saw Twitter lighting up afterwards. Um, you know the way he won the fight as well in a fairly dominant fashion, uh, and he managed to stop him too. So he did, mate. He absolutely he rubber stamped it. I think that the thing for me as well is Zoo. Yay, he's a world champion, regular world champion, which, as far as I'm concerned, is like when you get a box of cereal and you get one of those little toys in there, it doesn't count for anything. But there is the kind of caveat that Leo Santa Cruz, I don't think he's ever coming back down. He's been, you know, fighting at higher weights for coming on two years now. And though regular champions doesn't mean anything for me, he was still number three. As far as uh, Ring Magazine rankings coming in, you know, he was, as far as an established champion can be, considering he was a regular champion. And, you know, Lee Wood, this is the same Lee Wood who got knocked out by Gavin McDonnell, the same Lee Wood who who lost to James Dickinson, not last fight, but the fight before. I wasn't hopeful. Uh, I know that uh, Zoo. Avoided coming to the UK recently to fight versus Warrington, yeah. but even still, you look at his record. Even you look at his fights, and you think he's gonna steam through him, and he's got smashed to pieces. He got outboxed in most of the rounds and and stopped. You know, credit where credit's due. Yep, I'm just very very grateful that I didn't try and predict this one. Because uh, I'll be honest, I'm fairly sure um, the prediction would have gone the the, the wrong way. Um, fair play to to Wood here. I think you know uh, ultimately it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a dodgy decision. It's something we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was pretty uh, definitive in the way that it ended. You know, we're talking about you know in 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 June a. You know, rank number three. You mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. He's defending his belt five times now. Yeah. 
which is obviously very impressive. That's a proper, proper champion, oh, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Obviously, I know we've got all the regulars, the vacants, the super, and all that kind of garbage. Yeah. However, to him, in his eyes, he's still a champion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can only fight who's being put in front of you. Now, I do feel like he thought this was a little bit of a filler fight. Yeah. I thought this was an easy notch on the record, you know, number num- number six or whatever. Uh, and it didn't turn out that way. Um did he, I don't know, was he was his head in the game? Was did he prepare the right way? I don't know. Only he knows that. However, you know, Lee would turn off for work that day, uh, with Malice on his on it on his mind. Absolutely deserved to come out as champion. Smash him to pieces. The thing is as well, if you're coming in Lee Wood, you know it's a big ass, you know it's a big fight. Coming into the card, he wasn't even supposed to be main event. Con- Conor Ben was going to be the main event. Yeah. And then, obviously, Conor Ben falls off because he gets uh, COVID. Dreaded COVID. So then he gets pushed up to, to the main fight. So imagine, two fights ago, you're losing versus James Dickinson. Nobody in the country knows who you are, or at least, you know, casuals... Very few people in boxing know who you are. Then all of a sudden, you're in Eddie's back garden on his first fight camp under DAZN, mm. fighting main event versus a world champion. Yeah. And then he steps up to that level and smashes him to pieces. Credit where credit's due. Lovely garden, by the way. Great garden. Reminds me of my own. Yours is a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. The garden. The garden. So, what do you think next? What do you think, Lee Wood? I know it's not the most. I don't want to say established because it, you know, it was a decent division going back. But I think everyone really, whose the names, stepped up. Enjoy it. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't think he needs to rush into um, another fight straight away. Just enjoy his time as as champion. Yeah. Um. I said it a few weeks back on a previous episode. I was talking about. You know, more so in boxing than in, in UFC and, and MMA, but you know, within boxing the beautiful thing is sometimes you get these opportunities and, and you know, horrible for, for Ben that he had to pull out. But then, you know, you get to see Lee Wood and he gets this massive opportunity to fight, you know, a main card, um, you know, uh you know, first kind of big mm-hmm. uh, big showcase event with, with Eddie Hearn in the in the you know, the HQ in the matchroom HQ. Yeah. Absolutely massive. And you know, his family would have been watching, his friends would have been watching. Absolutely. And you've got to take these opportunities. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got 12 rounds. It's it's anyone's fight. Regardless of who you've got in front of you, you know, you've been putting, you've been thrust into the circumstance, into this event, you know, um, by no will of your own. But you've, you've got to go out there, you've got to try your hardest. And he did. He pushed through and, yeah. and, and he's at the champion now. So take his time, enjoy it, enjoy the time with his family. Um, Probably newfound fame. Yeah. See how we see how we react to that, and, and you know, maybe we'll see a different fighter now. You know, fame and money and the titles can change a fighter. So, the thing is, as well, with someone like him, when you put everything into a big fight like this and you get it, it can almost be that affirmation that maybe I am world level. I mean, he's he's got a belt now. Is that gonna gonna push him on? Now, I'd like to see the fight versus uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Now, if you think about Cruz, not only has he been up higher for two, for two years, but the last time he was out, he got smashed to pieces by Tank with that uppercut where he literally knocked him clean out. Yeah. So he might look at Lee Wood as an easy touch, you know, if he can get back down in weight and be willing to do that. It'd be great to see, you know, imagine going from Eddie's back garden to like headlining at Madison Square Garden or something like that. Or even get in him over here, 
I don't think he's going to step up. Uh, sorry, step down again. I think he's going to stay up. So for me, there's a fight coming up next weekend. Barry Kid Galahad. He's uh, he's stepping up versus uh, Jazza Dickens, or I suppose I should say, Jazza Dickens is stepping up versus Kid Galahad. Yeah, that's for the IBO. Could be a big unification. You know, they're on a similar schedule, only a week apart. That that could be something for him. Yeah. He's not gonna have any mandatories yet. So, but yeah, right now, like you say, enjoy it. Don't rush into anything. If I was Kanzu, uh, I wouldn't be rushing into any rematches. If I was Lee Wood, I wouldn't. He doesn't deserve a rematch. She's definitively dismantled him. So you know. Yeah, I think I do think we'll see a rematch um, in the future. I think if you if you you know can she five title defenses? I, I think it ended on a sour note. Uh, it did end fairly definitively, but I do think that obviously with his resume, you know, with his experience, he'll be he'll definitely be challenging again. Uh, and so obviously if, if, if Lee were still champion in you know, a year's time, a couple of years' time, then we'll see that fight again, definitely, I think. Yeah, it's just interesting that the fact that he didn't want to have the fight versus Warrington. He, he said, you'll rob me on the cards in, in the UK. So he didn't come. And then he's come a little bit after. Makes me think, did he, in his head, maybe question, think, am I good enough, even though he had these... Yeah. these but I do think he definitely he definitely overlooked him. I think he yeah I think he thought probably Lee Wood was a bit of a soft touch. Yeah. I think he was. I think in his head he thought well that's it I'll dip my toe in mm-hmm. with a fighter that I'm you know heavily expect to to win. Um, that's not happened. No. So psychologically, how that plays out, I don't know. He was, he was obviously very paranoid coming over to the UK, or maybe he was just stuck in Warrington. But either or, yeah. What he was looking for, you know, he definitely didn't find what he was looking for here. He definitely didn't expect to lose. No. Um, but psychologically, you know, is he going to come back to the UK to fight? I'm not sure. If he was paranoid before, he'd probably be even more paranoid now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can appreciate him being paranoid, but it's just the fact that all of a sudden he has has come. But yeah. We are mean bastards over here. What, what did you think about... Well, there wasn't really... There were some good fights on the card, but I suppose the only other one that really jumped out to me that I was interested in watching was Fowler. Um, he re- I say recently, it's been a couple of fights since he left Dave Caldwell. I was interested to see what he looked like. Obviously, being from Preston myself, I'm interested in any ex-opponent of, uh, of, of Preston's finest, Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. So it's just I'm interested, invested in Fowler's career just to see how he does. What, what did you think? I thought it was a really enjoyable fight. I could tell, you know, he was a little bit ill-disciplined. Mm-hmm. You know, his hands were down when they shouldn't have been. You know, um, probably throwing too many punches, but he was enjoying it. I could absolutely tell that he was enjoying it. It looked like he was enjoying it. Uh, fight with a smile on his face, um, and I think he wanted to get the rounds in as well. He definitely could have stopped the fight. Um, earlier than uh, was it was it round eight. was it round eight yeah, yeah. It was round eight, he yeah. said it to be fair as well in the post fight he said I wanted rounds I wanted to take it a bit a bit longer I could have got him out I felt I hurt him earlier the thing for me has he improved since leaving Dave Caldwell and I just want to add at this point this isn't me saying that Caldwell's bad he's a really good trainer it's just sometimes you learn lots of stuff with one trainer that makes you good and then you learn different things from a different trainer. And obviously moving across to Shane McGuigan, you know, he's, he's also a great trainer. Has he improved? Absolutely. Offensively, he looks less rigid. You know, he's 
a little bit smoother with that jab that he's throwing more. His hands are coming from different angles. My worry is, when I used to watch him fight, it was never his offence that, that worried me. It was the fact that he never moved his head. And that's that's what lost him the, the Scott Fitzgerald fight. T- to be fair, my dog's brother's cousin knows Scott Fitzgerald and knows his trainer. And going into that fight, they were ultra confident and said, you know, he's a, he's a big puncher, but his head's always in one place. You know exactly where it is. And I saw that in this fight. I saw it in the fight before. In this fight, and bear in mind, um, Muller only came in with you know a few days' notice, four or five days' notice. He took some big shots. He took some really crisp overhand rights. And credit to Fowler, they would have sent me to sleep. You know, he, he took them. Some of them clearly, you know, he noticed them. But he can't fight like that. He, especially in the weight division that he's in. You, you you know, if you want to get a belt, you absolutely can't fight taking shots like that. You've got to move your head. And if you're not moving your head, you've got to have a reason to make people not want to throw punches there. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I agree. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a lot going for him. He's got good quick hands. Um, you know, pulls off some really nice combos, which you saw against uh, Mueller. Um, but yeah, I do agree on that one. I think his head is a little bit too uh, stiff. Um, not enough movement there, and and he did he did actually eat up some really big punches from Mueller. Yeah. Um, now, like you said, if you if you put him in there with a big heavy hitter, that's going to drop him, you know, mm-hmm. or, or or at least you know wobble him. Um, so yeah, definitely more discipline when it comes to his head movement, even just defending the head. There were times in that fight where his hands were a little bit too low at times, um, and. Probably did come across as that, you know. I'm not scared of him, you know. I know the yeah. level that this guy's at, I know the level that I'm at, but that's a da- it's a dangerous mentality to have. I feel, yeah. Um, and you know, we've seen it before switching over to you know, UFC. Anderson Silva had had a similar mentality, never been really touched before, yeah. and then he did get touched, he and did. then unfortunately, he carried on getting touched after that, and he, you know. I'm not saying they're the same same people, but you know it can affect your confidence. So he needs to just be careful, a little bit more discipline, I think. Yeah, I mean when when he lost versus Fitzy, I had him up anyway more than he actually lost by, but it was literally a case of head stationary, and in the second to last round he takes that left hook that puts him on his ass, and it was that two point yeah. swing in that round that meant that, meant that he lost it. Yeah. So you know I'd just like to see that that move. I mean if you put it in perspective. Obviously, one of the big things coming out of this fight is the announcement of the fight with Liam Williams, which I'll get your opinion with in a, in a minute. But Liam Williams faded uh, as he may be. If you think about his losses, his big loss, Smith, Liam Smith, his big loss is Canelo. Now, I know Canelo is up and down the weight divisions like a slinky, but... and. I don't ever think this fight would ever happen. But could you imagine Fowler keeping his head stationary for Canelo and lasting longer than a round? No. Short answer, pretty yeah. good, but no, absolutely no way. Absolutely. Um, I think that man could knock out heavyweights to yeah. Yeah, put his mind to it. Um, no, so you know, you're, you're absolutely right. He, he definitely needs to learn to move his head. Yeah. However, Liam Smith, mm-hmm. really interesting fight. Two yeah. Scousers. Yeah. Uh, Battle of the Scousers. North versus South. Liverpool, yes. I believe. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, a big fighting family, uh, the Smiths. Big fight family. Yeah, Carl Smith in there as well. So there's a lot of heritage in there, a lot of experience surrounded by professional yeah. boxers. That's always going to help as well, I think. Callum Smith and uh, Fowler actually fought in the amateurs as well. So obviously, being in that region, there's yeah. there's been that sort of interfamily sort of fighting before. Yeah, it's going to be big. Yeah, I think the I think the build up's going to be spicy. I think we're going to see a lot started of, uh, already. Have you seen on on Twitter videos with Smith saying, "I'm going to smash him to pieces." Mm. You know, he he thinks that because I'm I'm a little bit older, I'm at world level. We've already seen when he steps up, he gets you know dismantled. So it's it'll be interesting. I overlook Smith, and I overlook him because Callum Smith, mm. for me, is just so much better than the others. Yeah, I downgrade the others. Yeah, but if you actually look at his losses, Smith's losses, he's not lost versus any crap fighters. You know, getting stopped to the body by Canelo, you know, it isn't isn't bad at all. No. Hundred percent. I mean, you know, looking at his his most recent fight against Magomed Kerbinov, he got robbed you know, in that as well. Yeah, but again, you know, he's not fighting absolute bums here. You know, he was an amateur as an amateur, he won a gold medal, mm-hmm. two thousand eight youth world champion. So, you know, he's not fighting absolute bums here. No, uh, he's fighting decent boxers. It's getting to the point with Canelo where you know, if you, if you do if you the other fighter, you can almost kind of overlook that fight. Absolutely. I see a loss against Canelo. It's not like oh, this guy's a bum. And Canelo's becoming a bit of a grim reaper now, you know, especially for the British fighters too. Um, he is. He's a, he's a real UK killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Um, and he's a bit of an anomaly in that sense because elsewhere we're absolutely dominating. You know, in terms of you look at the heavyweight division. Yeah. Um, that's not the case though when it comes to um, you know whatever weight Canelo decides to fight in, whatever the five weights he decides to go up in. So yeah, it. you can almost take Canelo off his record there. Well, if you think about. Smith, the the worry, if you will, coming in, if you're a, a Smith supporter, is he is a little bit older. He, he's 33, so, I mean, that being said, Fowler's 30, so yeah, there isn't a whole heap between them. Difference. But he has had a few losses. He did, he did get robbed last time. I don't think he actually has a trainer at the moment. He's bounced around a few different mm. people. They, all of the Smiths, were were with Tesco Joe for a long time, yeah, uh, and they've they've split with him recently. There was talks of him going out to America. I think that was stopped because of COVID. Oh. There was talks of him fighting, training um, with a few different people in the UK. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who he ends up with and if that ha- has an effect. But who do you think, Fowler? Are you, are you pitching yourself? Are you pitching yourself to? The I've Smith DM'd Bible? him. I've DM'd him. You've DM'd him. Give an advert. Yeah. He's listened to the podcast. What more does he need to know? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's free anytime. If you can relocate your camp down to Preston, you know, uh, some call Preston the capital of, 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 of the fighters. Um, if are, he, you, are you willing to train him? I'll make an exception for him. I mean, if you think about it, right? Who's the one person who's already beat him? Scott Fitzgerald trains out of Preston. True. Makes sense. It, it makes sense. sense. If it makes sense, it makes money. And I should know. <laughs> uh, so, should we move on? Well, what do you think? Fowler, Smith, early predictions? Obviously, we did put a, to- a, toll, a, toll, a poll on the Twitter about this. 
And I was actually surprised with how many people thought Fowler was going to get absolutely dismantled. We did have a couple of people message us saying, no, no, Fowler's younger, he's fresher, he's, he's stronger. And then we did have the other people say, he's just, he's just not not at that level. What, where are you at with it? Oh, it's a tough one. It's, it's definitely not going to be a dismantling. No. I think it could be mm-hmm. if, you know, if, if Fowler fights the same way he fought against Mueller, but you'd like to think that it's, it's a step up. It's a, a pretty big step up, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so the standards have got to up as well. Gun to my head, mm-hmm. house on the line, mm-hmm. I'd probably go for Smith, just down to the experience that he's had in some of the bigger fights. Yes, I know uh, he was beat by Canelo, um, but to you know even share the same ring as Canelo is, is massive experience in itself. You know the training that you've got to put in mentally and physically to fight an absolute world beater like that. You know win, lose or draw, you will come out with um, some really good positives. So I think experience will play a factor in there. Uh, management of the big fights, I think Smith will will take that, but it'll be I think it'll be closer than people are expecting. Yeah, I am I'm edging that way. I'm back and forth. When it first was announced, my thought process is, you know, all of the Smiths, especially, you know, historically, have fought that fight style. Hands clinched, clinched to the head. You know, tight guard trying to throw those one-two counters, stepping out, doing the jab. And though I think you wouldn't miss the jab versus Fowler, you might might be open to getting it pinched on points if you're trying, you know, if you're sitting against the ropes and just letting him unload. That being said, I'm, I am back towards Smith. I do think that he's going to have the experience. I think Fowler could do it. He's improved each time, each fight. He's just not improved on the thing that I want him to improve on and that I think is his, his kind of failure when he hits that level. Mm. Smith is on the decline, but he didn't look bad in his last fight. It genuinely was an absolute robbery. robbery yeah. So, you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Smith. It wouldn't it's one of those where because it is passing of the torches, Fowler could go out there and smash him to pieces and us all be blown away and be on the bandwagon. Mm. But I, I think that like you said, Smith's going to be too much. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I'm Hurricane Peter McNeely from Medfield, Mass. On Saturday night, watch me kick Tyson's ass. But if you haven't made your pay-per-view arrangements yet, make them soon. Because remember what happens when I wrap you in my cocoon. You have a big dump in your pants. Cream of the crap. Cream of the crap. This is the one that everyone's been excited for. So, just uh, just remind me who who won the who won last week's who did Twitter have winning last week's? You asked that as if it was a genuine question, like it's not just my God given right, like Prince Charles Martin's God given right to win a dismantling. Some would say a demolition job. I thought it was close. Um, it was a definite robbery. I I definitely won. <laughs> Twitter obviously says otherwise. Uh, however, I'm, I'm confident, very confident. Shouldn't be. Prince Nazim confident actually this week um, that I am going to dismantle you. Well, um, as Prince Nazim said, don't worry about it. Once you've lost, I will give you a job putting up my posters. You're about to feel the fist of fury. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for it. Who did you have? So I had, I had Huey. You had Big Huey. Big Huey. I had actual Big George Foreman. Okay, 
the man known for selling subpar grills. First of all, world-class grills. Made a lot of money from those grills because they're good. You know who else made grills? Mike Tyson. Poor. No one talks about the Tyson grill. Everyone talks about George Foreman grills. Yes, he did. Tyson made great video games, though. He did. He did. He did. Mike Tyson's Puncher, was it? Or Mike Tyson's Knockout? One of the two? Both. In which you you fought Mike Tyson at the end. You did. And it was one of the hardest boss battles ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have knocked him out, but, you know. Yeah. We're going off track here. I got Huey. Yeah. And you got Big George. I did. So, uh, do you want to start? You can start this week. I think I started last week. You did. Is that your case? You did. Okay. I mean, what more of a case do I need to make? I could just get my picture out. The man is an absolute beast. Oldest world champion of all time. Fossil. Mm-hmm. Still knocking people out without any hair, with a waist like mine. He is one of the heaviest punchers. He has beat some historical fighters. Mm. He's a preacher. So after he knocks you out, give you a little prayer, you know, make sure you're okay. Okay. It's general top bloke. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Some really good achievements there. Okay. Uh, did he ever... Yeah. Yeah? And yeah. I don't think he did, if my, if my brain serves me correctly. Did he win... The 2012 Youth World Championship. Did he win a gold medal in the Super Heavyweight Division? Answer me that, yes or no. Oof, oof. He didn't. Case closed. <laughs> you know who did? Huey Fury. Big Huey Fury won it. You know why? 2007, I don't, well... Steads, mate, Steads. He's ripe with him. Look at that spotty back. We don't take Steads in Stockport. <laughs> I'll take that very offensively. You know, listen, this boy, you know, Youth World Championship representing this country... Won the gold 2012, okay? Now, I don't see anything like that on Foreman's record. He isn't even the most famous boxer out of Stockport. He's, he's basically right. You know when people go, ah, oh, you know, Ricky Hatton, great, 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 great. What was his brother called? Um, Richard. Oh, Matthew. People do that about Huey Fury. What's his name? What? He was named after Huey Lewis in the news. What an intimidating character. His big cousin, Tyson, he's hard, he fights people. You, you write pop songs. Huey Lewis Fury. First of all, I'd just like to apologise to Matthew Hatton. That was unnecessary <laughs> and harsh, okay? That man fought Canelo. He did. He didn't fight him for nothing. He, did. he went 12 rounds he with Canelo. He 12 rounds with him, <laughs> yeah. right? But I'm not here representing uh, Matthew Hatton this week. I'm representing Huey, Th- uh, Huey Fury. Now, not many people know this, but he's, he's fought with a... a, a Debilitating condition. He has, he has. Um, Acne. Yes. I make no bones about it. People struggle with that every single day. Now, May 2016, Peter Fury, a man I trust with my life, claimed that Huey was operating only at 30 or 40% because of an ongoing skin condition causing fatigue, which also affects the immune system, which requires no research or logical thought when we're talking about this. I trust Peter Fury, 100%. And you should do, because when he got his acne uh, under control, <clears throat> when he stopped taking stats, he uh, he then lost versus uh, Povetkin and Pulev. Robbed. Robbed. All of those fights. <laughs> um, Smashed to pieces. Old man. And you know he's an old man? Big George Foreman. Yes, in every sense of the word. I'm still confident he'd win. Uh, this man knocked out Muhammad Ali. 
He's also famous for getting dismantled by Muhammad Ali. In fact, it's probably what he's most famous for, second after making subpar grills. <laughs> he knocked out Muhammad Ali. Joe Frazier. Who's that? Just don't just don't even. <laughs> just don't. That, that's it, guys. We're ending the Smoking. podcast. He doesn't he doesn't know boxing. We're done. <laughs> Shut the doors. No, I'm not gonna say that about Joe Frazier. Class boxer. Um but I will not allow you to, to discredit the Fury name. His his cousin, Tyson Fury. Yes. Potentially one of the greatest British boxers, probably the greatest British heavyweight of all time. Yeah. And they've got the same blood. Yeah. Well people will say something similar about you in a few years. They'll be like, he's good friends with one of the greatest podcasters of all time. I didn't know you were friends with Joe Rogan. Because <laughs> I'm not friends with Joe Rogan. Um listen, he he's had some absolutely mega fights. You know, uh, Povetkin, Parker, Pulev, and I think he won them all, regardless of the judges' decision in there. (laughs) They just didn't want, yeah, a lad from Stockport, a big six foot six Goliath becoming a world champion. Okay? Now, George Foreman, good boxer. Yeah. 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 But I think for half of his career, his head was in the grill game. Yeah? Not professional, in my opinion. Huey Fury puts his life and soul into boxing and you know he literally sacrifices his skin for this sport and his immune system mate outside of Dungeons and Dragons he's never been called a Goliath in his whole life he literally is debilitated by the same thing that stops kids in school from getting picked in football he's one of those spotty kids at the back with the glasses that waits till last big gangly guy wouldn't have a chance. Wouldn't last two minutes. Wouldn't last two minutes. He's not bald, though. Oh. Still kept his hair, didn't he? Mate, if someone said to me, in your prime, do you want a luscious afro trade-off, bald when you're older, I'd be like, where to sign? Sign me up. Listen, you're not going to have that choice, mate. You're going to be going that way either way. <laughs> right? So, I mean, listen... Big George competed between 1969 and 1997. Stayed around for too long, okay? Didn't know when to quit. I mean, Should have took his real money and left. He was a world champion in his last fight. At least at the start of the fight. What about the, what about the end of the fight? What happened then? Who was he fighting? Don't mind about that. Who was he fighting? Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Shannon, Shannon Briggs. Let's go champ. Why don't we end it there? Okay, Shannon Briggs wouldn't even be able to lace Huey Fury's boots, mate. And you know that for a fact. Dare you to DM him and tell him. Mate. Let's go champ. Let's go. Challenge issued. Forget Forget the section, guys. Call him out. You know where to find me, you bum. (laughs) You big dosser. Let's have a look here. So... Let's have a look at his last. So his last fight was against Shannon Briggs. How did that end? He was robbed on points, mate. Majority decision. Robbed. Robbed on points. I'm just looking at his. Uh, I'm going through his Wikipedia here, and one of his sections is George Foreman Grill, um, which says it all. Really, Multi-million it? pound retirement business. and spiritual rebirth because he is the punching preacher. He's actually a preacher. Legitimately um, a preacher and multi-millionaire, successful in everything he does. Can we say the same about Huey Fury? Oh, Foreman became ill in his dressing room after the fight. He was suffering from exhaustion. and he, I mean, heat stroke. Big George Foreman can't handle the heat. Get out of the grill game then, mate. Yeah? 
oh, I fought Muhammad Ali, but I was beaten by heat stroke. I mean, he was fighting in a jungle, in a desert. Don't fight there, then. I mean, Huey Fury lost because he has spots. Which affects his immune system. I think you're forgetting that. That's the main component <laughs> here. Yeah. How do you expect him to fight off viruses with a skin condition like that? He is the only person I have ever seen that is clearly on steads but doesn't get any stronger. <laughs> he literally, he takes the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, and he makes it float like a butterfly, sting like a butterfly. You know, Huey, if you are listening, uh, Stockport is only... 40 minute drive from where we're located <laughs> uh, so if you, if you, if, if you want to come down um, and smash around this big dosser I'd be, I'd be more than we can film it and make it an exclusive and then you can shout out Big George Foreman uh, just depending on the weather though <laughs> double header mate double header Shannon the Cannon can knock you out in one punch <laughs> I'll box rings around Huey Fury so I think I've obviously definitely won this one uh, you don't need to concede we can take it to Twitter, where undoubtedly I'll be crowned this week's champion. It's going to be like the first four episodes of Tough, mate. I'm going for four for four. <laughs> it's going to be plain sailing. Big George, slap that steak on that grill, fry you up and flip you off. Yeah, just make sure to put some tan lotion on first. <laughs> so make sure you reach out to us, guys. Tell us who won. The poll will be up. You know... Feel free to to tell Mason what he can do to have a chance going forward. But reach out to us. Let us know. So to the world of MMA, where are we starting? We go in Bellator or UFC? I think we've got to start with the uh, with the elephant in the room or the dog. Talk. Uh, Patricio Pitbull Freire versus AJ the Mercenary McKee. I mean, indeed. What thirty seconds did it last? Less than that. It was a massacre. I, you know what? Coming into the fight, I was back and forth, flip flopping. You know, I were there were so many splinters on my ass because of how much on the fence I was. And then AJ McKee went, guys. It's better than carpet burns. (laughs) You know about them. Guys, hold my beer, because I am about to dismantle what is possibly the most well-known, biggest legacy of any Bellator fighter. And he smashed him. He absolutely smashed him. And he called it before. He said, I'm going to finish him with a left. Yeah. And I'm technically finish him with a guillotine, but it well, all started he, from the left. He gave me a call. Um, obviously heard about the prediction. Yeah. I think that buoyed him on, you know, to have a legend like me making <laughs> that prediction. You can only win from there. True, um, true. I did ask him for 30%. He, he put the phone down, I think, for the signal or something like that. Yeah, but... Um, but, yeah, prediction came through. Uh, AJ McKee, always 100% on that. Knew he was going to go in there and do it, because I believe in him. <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, genuinely, that may be... It's up there, actually. I'm not going to say it's 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 the most dominant display against a champion I've, I've seen, because obviously, McGregor versus Aldo was, was similar. It was shades of it, though. It was shades of it. Was more, well, it was, it, was, it was more brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, that massive leg kick that came over pretty much ended the fight. And obviously, I know, yeah. the, I know the, you know, 
the submission is what technically ended the fight, but he was out of there. He was out of there. He was absolutely grey goosed. Yeah. It, the whole fight was like, go. And then all of a sudden, like you say, bang left and he, and he was gone. Yeah. I would not have predicted that, especially if someone said, you know, who, when and how. I might have flip-flopped back between Pitbull and, and McKee. I absolutely wouldn't have said McKee first round, hits him with a leg, chokes him with a guillotine. It, it, was, it was class. Standing guillotine as well. Yeah. It, it was the foresight. A lot of people, if they hurt someone like that, would mm. just be headhunting, striking, and straight away, as soon as he thought it's not finished, yeah. locked in. He knew, I mean, as soon as that, as that <clears throat> leg uh, connected... It was a little bit naive, but he did the old Amir Khan celebration. You know, when he puts his hand up really quickly, and then he realizes, oh, actually, and he's getting back up. I, I better, I better suck the life out of him, like a, um, one of those things from Harry Potter. A Dementor. A Dementor, yeah, that's yeah. it. It was like that. It was like watching a Dementor versus a Pitbull, actually. Yeah. Just suck the life out <laughs> yeah. of him. Um, I mean, if you think about it as well, Pitbull. is almost famous for the guillotine, mm. which it was a bit of an extra, extra. Insult yeah. to injury. That and the Kodak. That and the Kodak. Mr. Worldwide. Taking a picture of that with a Kodak. Yeah. Times Square with a Kodak. Um, I feel bad at the same time. I know we're absolutely raving about AJ McKee. You know, these are still guys fighting and they're still, still human beings at the end. You know, Patricio's family saw that. Uh, it has to go home to that. Um, we know now more than ever Twitter could be savage he's going to be waking up to a lot of trolling i would assume um, he'll take that on the chin he's an experienced guy um but where do you go from there after that because he absolutely it was absolutely ragdolled you know what i mean the thing is right he's he's come back before he's lost he's come back he's fought the same people and he's dismantled them and then each time he's improved he's taken a lesson from each each loss that he's he's had, and he's improved. He's got more technical. He's rounded his game out. You know, he's got a bit calmer. He's you know he's taken little bits of each defeat and made himself a better champion. Yeah. However, no no one does that to Pitbull. Pitbull does that to people. No one does that to Pitbull. And Mickey, he's young. He holds so many records in Bellator. It's most wins, second most stoppages, chokes at lightweight. He's got the um, most finishes by submission. He's got, sorry, it was second most wins, most finishes, um, which were all kind of stats that were pinging around Twitter afterwards. And he's young. He's not even in his prime. So... It's down to what he wants next. He he's taken, you know, he's left with the belt. Yeah, and I know he mentioned fights with UFC, PFA, PFL, um, one championship, saying I'll fight all of them. I'll put my paycheck up, which is fantastic, and we'll, we'll come back to that. But he did also mention going back in with Pitbull, and it was interesting because he said about stepping up the pitbull's obviously got the 155 belt as well although he's been fighting more recently at 145 so he 
I took away from that post fight. He wants the the rematch straight away. If you pit bull, do you want the rematch straight away? No, I don't think so. I think he needs to regroup. Um, look at you know, have a chat with his coach. Just talk about the game plan. There, it's difficult, really, isn't it? Because his game plan went out of the window in the first five seconds. Yeah. Adrian McKee came out really ultra aggressively or ran at him straight away, bombed him. Um, you know, it's difficult to. It's really hard to predict what a fighter is going to do. You know, as soon as that bell rings. Um, so, who knows? It's difficult. It's hard for Pitbull here because there's nothing to. There's not really much to analyze in his fight. Yeah. It's more so, okay, well, what did Mickey do that we didn't mm-hmm. choreograph? You know, we, we, you know, what did we not predict here? Um, it did feel like a little bit of a change in the guard. I don't know about you. It, it reminded me of uh, I don't know, a different sport, different weights again. Um, I'm just trying to go for what everyone will know and remember. It reminded me a little bit of um, of, of Joshua and, and, and Klitschko, and then even Fury and Klitschko uh, yeah. again. Both confident guys, young guys going in against this experienced fighter who dominated for years and years. And then obviously, we know what happened there. Klitschko lost and, and those two fighters went on to you know, well, carry on to dominate. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think you nailed it a bit earlier. I, I think it was Jose McGregor. You know, like you said, a guy who's run the division for years versus this up-and-comer who's stopping everyone. Yeah. And, you know, part of you thinks, well, he's stepping up in... in class he won't be able to do that and then he he does in absolute fashion don't get me wrong i'm a massive connor fan before i say what i'm about to say he's much more well-rounded than connor he has a much better ground game you know all of the facets his wrestling his striking is much more well-rounded so i think there's absolutely more longevity in it it'll be interesting to see he obviously you know, you'd imagine you cut him and he bleed Bellator. All of his fights have been in Bellator. You know, they took him and sort of scouted him from from an early age. Yeah, he's just been paid a million pounds for that fight, which is a huge purse, more than he probably would ever earn in a single fight in probably UFC, unless he really starts to drive the pay per view numbers. Yeah, but then again, he was rocking the mic afterwards, and you know, he's got the right personality and fight style that he could. I think he's, you know, sorry to cut you off there, but I think he's someone that Bellator has not had before. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, an organic fighter, yeah. come up through the ranks, scouted by Bellator. Um, and I think he's going to be the face of the company, you know, for, for years to come now. I think that he will spearhead a lot of big fights. The next logical fight for me, you know, um, is, again, the rematch, but at the higher weight. Mm-hmm. So I think he fights uh, Pitbull again. Tries to tries to come you know, double champ. I don't know if that's happened in Bellator again, guys. If I'm wrong um, or before, sorry, comment. I'm not sure. Um, but if not, he can make history there. And then I think if he does want those super fights, he's got so much more ammunition to say, "Hey, I am the best, you know, uh, pound for pound fighter in the world. I'm the best 145. I'm the best, you know, etc." And then he can you know try and make those super fights. It, it it's all about to Dana White if he's trying to get into the, he's trying to get those super fights in the UFC. It's it's just a money game, you know. What will make us money here? And it's it it's not impossible to see that happen. We saw it with boxing. We've seen it now with obviously McGregor fighting Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Dana is open, you know, to to some of those crossovers. It's just all about how much money will these fights make. True, although with his model. 
the power he's got, as soon as he starts to fight with other people, it almost takes away from the you've got to be in the UFC kind of thing. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he's got um, Hunter on the phone to him, just you know putting feelers out, seeing if he is interested in coming. And you said it to me, I think before the fight, saying you know, one day he's got to end up in in the UFC just to see. And I think for that reason he will. But I think you're right. I think he's gonna stay. He might even do kind of what. Um, What's his face called that Pitbull knocked out? That uh, Chandler. He might do what Chandler did. Um, stay there for quite a while. Not necessarily just off a loss, but to get to a point where, you know, you're in your early thirties and think, I don't. I want to know if I would have been able to do it and, and jump across. I mean, realistically, he could, he could do it earlier than that. Like I said, if he if he then becomes a double champ, mm. what is there left to do in Bellator? You know, I think. The difference, and I'm, you know, I'm not disrespecting Bellator here whatsoever. I think it's a a great company, and I definitely think um, it's going to be on the up again. You know, mm-hmm. within the next couple of years. However, what I would say is UFC has more has more depth of fighters in there. Yeah, I think you're really testing yourself up against the top. Whereas, and again, Pitbull absolutely world class fighter, but there's a handful of them in, in that organization where you know in the UFC. Um, you know, looking at looking at the top ten in each category, there's some absolute beasts in yeah. there. You know, there's no fillers in the top ten in the UFC. So I think it's natural. I think he probably will move over to the UFC at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not move over, then I'd love to see some of those kind of, you know, um, hybrid fights between Bellator and um, UFC, and, and hopefully that opens up things like one championship getting involved, and you know. I don't think they will because the model's completely different, but you know, yeah. maybe PFL as well. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I think one championship you, you physically couldn't do because they score it different than um, Bellator, well, all of the American, European MMA organizations. I think if any's plausible, PFL because they don't have the power that UFC have and it's mm. the same skill set. I'd love it to happen. I don't think it will. I really hope that it does. I hope I'm wrong. And ever from any time I've been following MMA or, or UFC, obviously the natural thing that I do is as I compare it to boxing and I look at how fragmented it is and how it prevents fights. But then I look at the kind of benefits and to, and to why it happened, and the benefits are for fighters they get paid more, and the why it happened, the fighters get paid more, the promoters get paid more. When you're at the top of the bill, you can earn a lot more, and I just think that the way that Dana White has done it has been fantastic from a real selfish best versus best. But every time I look at it, I think we're slowly slipping towards that point where there's some big shake-up and big fragmentation and, you know, somebody says, let's do it different and it and it breaks it up. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, maybe that could be it. Those yeah. cross-organisationals, then we slip into the slippery slope of, you know, the WBC, WBO, IBF, WBA. Yeah. There's, IBO. Yeah, there's, there's definitely pros and cons as there, there is with it, anything. Yeah. I just want to be, I just want to see Dana more open to 
I think we're limited in these fights. Uh, you know, and I don't want to see a, an IBF kind of WBO and, and all that kind of nonsense going no, on. Me either, but I could see um, it slipping down that road. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose, ultimately, I think it's got to be regulated, and that's one thing that boxing, it's not really. Um, you know, they say it's regulated, but it's not regulated um, strictly enough. No. Um, state by state, country yeah. by country, slightly different rules. Yeah. and. But then, on the polar opposite of that, the UFC is regulated, and it's regulated by Dana White very strictly, to the point where he will pick fighters' purses, fighters' bonuses, who gets fight of the night, performance of the night, mm-hmm. who fights who. So, two examples there of kind of polar opposites, and they've both got the pros and cons, so let's find a nice middle ground somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say we do, but unfortunately I think we'll end up yeah. with the worst of both worlds. To finish on a, not to finish on a morbid conclusion <laughs> Fight sports are dead. No, let's move forward. Whilst we're talking about Dana White, I guess that's that's jump across to to UFC. Yeah. Uh, prime time versus Tarzan. You know, sounds like money to me. Uh, <laughs> that's all you're going to hear from me now. Money. In fact, for the next podcast, that's all I'm going to say. For the 45 to an hour, I'm just going to say money. So to be fair, guys, you'll get much more of a valid input from Mesa <laughs> on the next podcast. Oh come on! <laughs> I'm going right into that. Um, so <laughs> he's buzzing. He's going to be buzzing about that now. He's texting his mum after I got him. Oh, he um, fell into it, mum. <laughs> so Hall Strickland. To be fair, she listens, mum. Mum, I got it now. Okay, uh, Hall Strickland. You said Strickland coming in. Yeah, he, he was the favourite coming in. I think part of you, when you, whenever you see Hall, you think of. Five ten years ago, Uriah Hall, and physically he looks very similar to five ten years ago, Uriah Hall. It's not the same guy. No, I think he's been. Um, listen, he's still an exciting fighter. Everybody knows about that spinning, you know, the spin kick that he's got, mm-hmm. which will absolutely KO you. Um, he actually did attempt it against Strickland. It, did. it did land, but not where he wanted it to. Um, and I think he is kind of relying on those big prime time stoppages now. Um, I mean, if you look at his, his, I saw it in you know pre-fight build-ups. This he was mentioned that you know, oh, you know, I stopped, um, you know, I beat, I beat Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. uh, beat Weidman. Well, actually, you know, you look at those two fights. Would he beat Anderson Silva seven years ago? No, definitely not. No. You know, I, I reckon I'd have a chance of beating Anderson Silva now. In the UFC. Yeah. 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 You know, six months training. Why not? And if you listen, Anderson, absolutely take me up on it because I would love to make half a million pounds. <laughs> um, he's too busy fighting Logan yeah. Paul, I think. But no, um, beating Logan Paul. Yeah, beating touch wood. Um, no, but seriously, yeah, that Anderson Silva that is fighting today, you know, thought was fighting a couple of years ago. Absolutely not the same one that we no, saw. In his it's prime. the husk of Anderson Silva, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like his his corpse reincarnated. Without the soul, got really dark there. The analogy, <laughs> yeah. um, and then obviously he went on to fight uh, Vyman, and he and he won um, by essentially checking his kick, checking Vyman's kick, and obviously the fight had to be ended because of of the horrific leg break. Yeah. Controversial, yes, I think it is. It probably should have been ruled as a no contest, in my opinion. Um, but I understand that obviously that leg check is what essentially ended the fight. So you can look at it both ways, but mm. he was very, very, very fortunate. But again, um, mate, he was past it. Your leg just doesn't flop like that when you're in your prime, does it? 
No, there's only yeah, exactly. I think there's only only so many times you can check leg kicks and, and bash out leg kicks. Um but no, yeah, so it's difficult. I know he, he was kind of propping himself up of those wins. I wouldn't use them personally. I know why he's doing it. Yeah. You know, being prime time, trying to get that and uh, trying to get the headlines and stuff. Um but moving over to, to Tars and Strickland. Um now twenty four wins and three losses, a really strong uh, MMA you know, win percentage there to Uriah Hall, who's now on 17 wins and, and 10 losses. Yeah, it's um, about 37 as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you take away the Weidman one, uh, that leave him on 16 to 10. I know you can't do that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, it's 37 as well. Yeah, he's... He's on the wrong side of 30 now. He's slipping into kind of the 40 territory. Um, and he was all... I think he was all about his... His speed, and he will lose that eventually. If you know, if not, you know, very soon. So I'm not sure where Uriah Hall goes from here. Does he get cut? It would be harsh. Do you think it would be harsh because ultimately he was coming off? I think was it a two three fight win streak? Oh, look, look at the people he cut last year though. He cut some big names over him. Yeah, true. But I think with with over him, the end was nigh. Over him had obviously been done for steroid. Substance abuse as well. He could have arguably been cut for that. Mm-hmm. I think with Uriah Hall, he's still an exciting fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be disrespectful here because we're making it sound like Strickland absolutely battered him. He did, to be fair. did, to be fair. Yeah. But at the same time, Hall was definitely in there in parts and he stayed in for the full five rounds. Uh, he was never... He was never in a position where he was going to win. No. Great heart. You know, he yeah. took some hellacious shots and... I don't want to say kept coming as if he was like hunting him down, but didn't go away. I think it's a conversation between... He's 37 now. I think it's a conversation and a frank one between Dana and Uriah Hall here where I think it's going to go down of when do you when, when, when are you planning to stop now? I think he would give him the option to say, look, we can give you you know a goodbye fight, one more, you know, one last fight to go out on to try and get a win. I think that'd be nice. Um Am I making Dana White this lovely person in my head? Yes, I, I was think about I am. to say he's not the most sentimental person. He's not, yeah. he's not. He's not. I just think that would be the decent thing. Um, I don't think he's going to get caught. I think he'll get one more fight. I think if he loses that fight, then yeah, you're definitely in the cutting territory. But to cut him after a loss against the guy who twenty four wins, three losses—that's harsh. I mean, he, to be fair, you know, rank eleven, Uriah Hall was eight at that point. I just think at his age, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Pre last year, I would have agreed with you, but after they called people last year and blamed it on COVID, getting rid of all these old names, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they did it. And let's face it, if there <clears throat> if there is a division that doesn't need names to prop it up, it's the middleweight division, <laughs> the most stacked division in the history of ever. Apparently, it's horrendous. Uh, we were looking at it earlier, and it, it is absolutely ridiculous. You know, throw throw Strickland into the mix now, and it, it's just ultra competitive. Um, talking about talking about Tarzan, um, what do you think of of his performance? It was good, mate. It was good. He, I saw the post fight interview before I actually saw the fight because um, unfortunately uh, I couldn't stay up. And he has troubles with that. 
And he said, uh, everyone's saying to me, I've smashed all these records, you know, I've thrown the most punches at this weight, you know, I've the most this, the most that, the most strikes. That just means that I don't have power to get somebody out. And with that in mind, going into the fight, I did think, is it going to be a, a Poly Malanaji job? And it absolutely wasn't. There was power in a lot of the shots. You would have got a lot of people out of there earlier, well, before the, the you know the full fight, with the amount of heavy shots that he was he was throwing there. But like you say, there was flashes of the old UI hole in there, but it, it was just just one way, wasn't it? It was just forward. Yeah, it was definitely one way traffic. I think what what I really enjoyed the most was I think I was you know I don't know the the official start here. But when I was uh, we we re, we always rewatch the highlights before the actual fight as well, and I was going through it, and um, I think he did three takedown attempts and all three landed, mm-hmm. um, with some really impressive ones which got him into absolutely dominant positions. Yeah. You know there was one where he they were doing the forwards clinch facing each other, just a little trip behind a him. leg sweep, wasn't yeah, it? a bit of a leg sweep down to him. But the way he fell was he fell into a punch and an elbow, yeah. you know, which. That can end a fight in its own, and then he was in this, you know, there were two or three times that he was in absolutely dominant positions from his wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, match-ending positions where, you know, there was at least once where I thought, you know what, the ref could come in here and, and you know, stop this. You know, he had his back at one point, and he was absolutely throwing hooks into the side of the head. Arguably, the fight could have been ended there. Yeah. Um, but the ref obviously allowed it to go to uh, to to the decision, which, which I do agree with. But, yeah, it was really, really dominant for Strickland. Um, in every every you know every sense of the word, you know wrestling wrestling was absolutely on par. His takedown offense, you know, landed three out of three from what I counted. Uh, dominant positions went on the ground pretty much every time he had him down. He put himself in a dominant position. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, standing, you know, in the clinch on the on the ground, every facet of MMA he was just dominant in yeah. in that fight against Hall. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It looked impressive. Um, what would you say? Next, I mean, we did this exercise earlier where we looked through the rankings, and like you touched on, it's it's horrendous. If I was him personally, and I looked up at those rankings, I'd think I might just retire because it's <laughs> it's horrible. It's I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, champion obviously you've got Adesanya coming off that, he's going into a fight with Bobby Knuckles, number one spot, Paulo Costa. Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson, Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Uriah Hall slotted in there next, Kelvin Gastelin, and Edmund Shabazian. There is not an easy... Well, I was going to say there was one easy fight. There's not an easy fight in there. The only... Alright, yeah, I fancy my chances, you know, quite a lot there. Was Hall. Yeah. and And he's just beaten... Who else do you go going with? I would absolutely love to see him fight Till. Yeah, I think the build up to that fight would be would be awesome. Till sells all fights. To yeah, be fair. but that's a fight that you could really sell. I think um, Strickland is just a guy. He's, he's again. I know I was hark on about uh, you know your Diaz, but he's kind of cut from the same cloth as your Masvidal's and uh, Diaz and those guys who just love to fight. You know, maybe not Masvidal. I think it is a little bit more about the money now with him. But definitely, you know, Diaz and um, and 
uh, Strickland as well, they just love to fight. They just want to fight constantly. And they want a good time doing it. And Strickland is exactly the same. He says, look, I just want to fight. That's all I want to do. You know, I'm not bothered about money. I'm not bothered about who. not bothered about where. I just want to go in there and fight. Fans love that. Fans love that genuine, that honesty of, I'm just there for the laugh and the bants and the crack, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Um, I think Till, Till, one of the biggest smack talkers, in the, but probably the biggest smack talker in, in the division. Yeah. You know, um, following on Twitter, you'll see literally every day he's <laughs> yeah. photoshopping, um, he's photoshopping people into horrible positions, other, other fighters. Uh, he's very vocal as well. Different style of fighter to to Strickland, uh, but I think I think that fight is absolutely dynamite. Who, who would you go for? So for Strickland, Till makes sense, and as as a fan, it'd be a great fight because he is so voluminous with his punching. Till is a counter puncher that my qualm has been with him that he needs to throw more. But the issue with that is he's been fighting versus other counter-punchers and he's not been doing enough. Fighting versus someone like Strickland, that style could gel really well. That could be a good fight for both of them as far as stylistically, you know, it being good to watch and who could win. That being said, if I was Darren Till and I was sat in number seven and I allegedly had a contract signed to fight versus uh, Adesanya on tough before I got injured... I don't think I'd be wanting to fight someone who's 11. Well, that's the great thing about the UFC. It don't matter who you want to fight. It's who Dana wants you to fight. I've had short-term memory here. Is he not fighting versus Vittori? Or is he just fought versus Vittori? Who's this? Adesanya? Darren Till. Um, no. Is he Adesanya not? just fought Vittori. Is he not fighting him in UFC London, Till Vittori? We'll have to check that and come back. Even still, there's there's no one, no one above that I'd fancy much. Not necessarily fancy my chances, but I'd want to necessarily fight versus. I mean, obviously, Costa's coming off losses, saying he drank a whole bottle of wine before before the fight, and that was the reason why he lost. So he's lost favor with the UFC. So you know, maybe they'd throw him in versus somebody a bit a bit lower. I don't think they'd throw him in with somebody 11. I mean, I'm saying that. I'm saying he's 11. He just beat Hall at 8, so you'd think he'd be coming in around 8 or 9. So, sorry to, to interject there. Yeah. I've just remembered they were scheduled to fight. This is what you're getting confused about. His shoulder injury. Yes, yes shoulder of course injury. it was. Of course it was. Um, I suppose if, if you tell you want to run that back, especially now that Vittori is ranked number 4, Vittori as well, just coming off the loss against, well, the... Uh, the the double loss against uh, Adesanya, um, but again, we're not here to talk about Till and Vittori. We're, talk, we're here to talk about struggling. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go with Till. Yourself, Derek Bronson. Ooh. What makes you say that? It's just a fight I'd like to watch. Oh, fair <laughs> yeah. enough, okay. I'm just just looking through that top ten. I know a lot of them are are tied up versus each other. Thinking if he's coming in around eight nine. He's going to want to fight someone ahead of him, so he's not going to want to fight versus your, you know, your Gastelins. Till does make sense, although I don't know how long he's going to be out with with that um, collarbone or whatever it was that he injured. Amanson Brunson, anywhere around there. I would like to see the Till fight. I think that's the most interesting one. But you can pick anyone in that top ten. Yeah. It's going to be a fight. 
and it's going to be a tough fight at that. Yeah, we're going to get some absolute uh, <laughs> uh, dynamite fights in the division. That is for sure. Right. Let's move forward then into the next section. Mystic Mac. Go I'm with one million. one million. Definitely not go with one million. And I'll give you two to one. So this week, uh, I'm going to be predicting a little mixture here. We're going to be looking at boxing and, of course, MMA. Um, so we're going to start with Babich versus Bennett. Um, I would be absolutely mental to go uh, <laughs> against Babich. The absolute power puncher that is. Yeah. Um, easy, Babich. Put your money on Babich. You're not going to get great odds. I think if you put um, £20 down, you're going to get £21 back. He's a massive, massive favourite. And I'm not brave enough to bet against that. So prediction for that one is Babich. Moving ahead into another big fight. We've got Kid Galahad versus Jazza Dickens. Um, again, I've gone with Kid Galahad there. Um, fairly straightforward, I would assume. Again, he's a massive favourite in fairness. He's a big favourite for that fight. Um, I promise you, I do get a little bit more controversial as it goes on, but I want to make you. I want to make sure you guys make money same way uh, that I'm going to try. So the next one is Jose Aldo versus uh, Munoz. Now, this is this is a close one, and I have thought about this one for a while. I'm not going to bet against Aldo. I think he is on a little bit of resurgence at the moment. Uh, I think he's been on a bit of a resurgence ever since the you know the Conor fight took a little bit of time out, mm-hmm. uh, changed weights now, and he's been doing really really well in the division. Uh, so that is my pick. So uh, he is eight to eleven to to win the fight. So put Aldo on. Moving on, uh, we've got Vincente. Okay. Yes, that's the one. I can't read your handwriting, it's awful. And then you've got versus Michael Chiesa, who uh, Mule thought was Italian. It turns out he's not, he's just American. He was very upset about that. Convinced him ahead. He scrambled to Wikipedia furiously. Italy versus Italy, but it's it's not. It's not. I mean, he's definitely got Italian in his family, hasn't he, with a surname like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got the, um, the the big main event, uh, two fighters that we've we've been covering and been talking about, uh, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gann. Uh, we covered Cyril Gann a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, quick turnaround. Yeah, really quick turnaround. He fought uh, Volkov. He did. I can remember right. You know who else fought Volkov? Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. Yeah. Uh, he was getting dominated by Volkov, to be fair, but out of nowhere, bang. You know, a big overhand, took his chin out, and that was the end of the fight. So really, really, this is this is a really interesting fight. I could see a lot of people here going for Cyril. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go the opposite way. This is the one that's probably really controversial. I'm going to go for Derek Lewis here. I think this I think this fight is a step up for uh, for Cyril Gant. It's a different fight than what he fought against Volkov. I think Volkov is a technical, yeah, um, a technical heavyweight. He's got good hands. Derek Lewis is so unpredictable though, and he moves so well for a big, big guy. You know, uh, explosive flying knees out of anywhere. You know, we saw it against um, you know Dos Santos. You know, big kicks to the head out of it. You know, anywhere, and he's really unorthodox as well. Yeah, and he's not got hands like Ngannou, but he's not far off in that division. He's got big hands he's, though. Yeah, he does. He has absolute sledgehammers. So I've gone for Derek Lewis there, thirteen to five. Bang it on an acker. 
and I think it was something like um, put 100 down, you'll get 1,700. So I want to make you guys money. Um, you know, like John Fiore says, I'll give you a total one, uh, but I'm not going to give you two to one. I'm going to give you 162 to one. I like it. Big shouts. Massive shouts. Let's see if I can carry on, guys. What do you think of my predictions? Put them in Twitter. Am I going to be right for a second week? If I am right for a second week, is Mule going to bring me in a crown? Maybe. No. 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 Maybe a, a tiara, a princess tiara. Right, let's move forward. A dosser. He's a dosser. One dosser. That's all he is. You're a bunch of dossers. On to the daily dosser, right? I think the, the best place to start is the Olympics. As you guys know, a lot of uh, UK fighters in the Olympics, a lot of them, Team GB, we're doing well. We're going strong. We've actually got a few fighters already in the final. We've got a couple that are in the semis, and we have got a few that have come in bronze place but still medaled already, which is fantastic. Just to fire through a couple of quick highlights, shout-outs. Pat McCormack, he's coming out versus uh, a Cuban chap. So McCormack was actually uh, the favourite going in, seeding number one, and he's fighting versus number two. Cuba doing what Cuba does in amateur boxing and just cycling through people year after year after year that fight that same awkward technical style that does fantastically. It's going to be a, a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. You know, the two favourites coming in, but Big Pat's going to bring home, bring home the gold. Yufayu tips still in, still doing well. He actually stopped a guy in the uh, in the first, so, you know, going well. Then we've got uh, Whitaker, Ben Whitaker, fighting versus another Cuban, a chap called Lopez. Now, Whitaker looked fantastic in his last fight. However, he was 12th, um, 12th seed or 12th rank coming into the tournament. He is fighting in the final versus the first seed. Doesn't mean he can't do it. He's done fantastically so far. You know, absolutely, that's keep it going, make sure, you know, let's, let's get some get some medals. Outside of that, we've still got in the tournament, opposed to what I told you last week, Fraser Clark, because I can't read, and Fraser Clark didn't lose in the first round. That was a heavyweight called Clark, not a super heavyweight called Clark. So he's still in. He is coming into the uh, quarters, um, so absolutely heading towards meddling there. He actually got a buy in the in the last fight, which was a bit of a interesting one. There has been some interesting fights in there as well. To be fair, there was there was one chap who, in fact, it was actually Clark's last fight. I know he said he got a buy. He did get a buy, but in his last fight, the chap who he fought versus was disqualified for headbutting him. Yes. So, bit of controversy there. We've still got uh, Daniel Dubois' sister going well, doing strong. You know, some great results so far in the Olympics. Looking forward to it. The other bit of a bit of news in the Daily Dossa world. Obviously, we've got Sal Canelo Alvarez, who was um, touted that he was going to be fighting versus Plant in that unification fight. And there's been all kinds of drama kicking off. Twitter battles with... Canelo saying, oh, he's running away. Plant and his team saying they want ridiculous things like, if I'm sick, I've got to wait for him. But, you know, if it's the other way around, he can get uh, an opponent, you know, step in to fight versus him for the same money and, and everything else. 
And as a result of that, it looks like he's actually Canelo going to step up in weight and fight versus Dimitri Bivol, who's a fantastic light heavyweight. He's got a belt. Did I want him to unify versus Plant? Absolutely, but Bivol's a fantastic fight. He's a more technical fighter. I mean, there's other fights that I probably prefer more in, in that weight division, but I'm not going to complain about Bivol. So looking back, I'd arguably would have said that Plant is actually the Daily Dosser. And the reason I say that is he's been offered $9 million to fight versus Canelo. I would have massaged his shoulders, carried him into the ring for £9 million. Pounds. For, for free. <laughs> However, my miscommunication still lingers. The fact that I'm telling you all kinds of nonsense stuff about the Olympics that's, that's not been true. I'm going to be the Daily Dosser. You're going to be this week's Daily Dosser? I am going to be this week's Daily Dosser. Okay. Okay, so I'm never going to forget that. Uh, and I'm forever going to call you a Dosser. Regardless. You do forever call me a dosser regardless anyway. I know, I've got evidence. <laughs> Specifically, a big stiff dosser is normally what you say. <laughs> so, I think that takes us to the end of the episode. It does. Unless you've got anything else to add. No, that's that's all for me. Um, I will be putting some polls on Twitter, as will you. Remember to reach out, tell us what you thought, give us your feedback, tell Mason, you know, it was nice of you to to join in but unfortunately you are two losses in a row in cream of the crap yeah so um, definitely not is what's going to happen there uh, Huey Fury the absolute Stockport gladiator uh, definitely won the contest against the um, uh, the world's worst grill man if I win mm-hmm. you have to change your Twitter name to the Stockport gladiator the Stockport gladiator yeah okay and if I win You've got to change your name to Preston's Sexiest Simp. (laughs) Deal. I'll shake your hand on that one. Cheers, guys. Reach out to us. Twitter, 